This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Jane Pauley is off this weekend. I'm Lee Cowan, and this is Sunday Morning. We start off with this past week's landmark ruling from the United States Supreme Court. Jan Crawford reports on one of the most divisive issues of our time. On Friday, in a 5-4 to four ruling, the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, ending constitutional protection for abortion and turning the lawmaking back to the states. We've been knowing this was going to go down since Kavanaugh. The shockwaves reverberated across the country. There was jubilation. This is a miracle which God has accomplished. And anger. This must not stand. As a new reality set in. Shut up and make babies. The world post-Roe. How we got here and where we're going. Ahead on Sunday morning. Luke Burbank takes a sailing at a blueberry patch. Plus, out of the mouths of babes from Nancy Giles. And more. It's the last Sunday morning of the month, June 26th, 2022, and we'll be right back.
It's been the most anticipated Supreme Court decision in years. The High Court Friday stripped away women's constitutionally protected right to abortion. It's a seismic shift for the nation, the product of a years-long battle to roll back Roe v. Wade by opponents of abortion rights. And it comes despite the fact that an overwhelming majority of Americans believe that abortion should be legal in most cases. So what does this all mean? What should we expect next? Jan Crawford is our CBS News chief legal correspondent. When the Supreme Court handed down its ruling overturning Roe versus Wade and ending constitutional protection for abortion, there was anger. America's not ready for what's about to happen with the fall of Roe. Abortion is our right. Protest. I point to this is just the beginning. And there was also celebration. Alleluia. I woke up this morning praying for this. As the seismic shift in American life set in. I'm 21 and I'm terrified. Calling Roe egregiously wrong from the start, Justice Samuel Alito, writing for the 5-4 majority, turned abortion policy back to the states. Far from bringing about a national settlement of the abortion issue, he wrote, Roe and Casey have inflamed debate and deepened division. Division that came into sharp relief as people scrambled to understand how their state was affected. As of late yesterday, abortion is illegal in 10 states, not available in three states as the law is unclear, and 13 are poised to enact bans or severe restrictions. States where abortion remains legal braced for an influx of abortion seekers and emboldened anti-abortion protesters. I think from the moment that the Supreme Court decided to take this case, red states, blue states, people on both sides of this debate have known what is coming. Jessica Levinson is a professor at Loyola Law School in Los Angeles. My students, and these are law students, and they're taking constitutional law, and they are shocked that Roe v. Wade will no longer be the law of the land. It's a country that even their mothers can't imagine. Winning in the Supreme Court is a lot like Sesame Street. You have to learn to count. <laughs> and the only number that matters is five. Attorney Catherine Colbert was not at all surprised by the ruling. On this current court, there are five ultra-conservative justices who are not afraid to reverse historic opinions, who are not afraid to put their uh, conservative views into the law. In our view, again, unless there are five votes to reaffirm Roe versus Wade, Roe has been overruled. In 1992, she argued Planned Parenthood versus Casey before a largely Republican-appointed Supreme Court. She won, but just barely. Luckily, uh, Justice Kennedy switched his vote at the last minute and joined uh, Justice O'Connor and Justice Souter to write the joint opinion in Casey that uh, established uh, a, the fundamental right to uh, choose abortion for the next 30 years. Today, in a highly political and divided opinion, the justices responded with an extremely equivocal yes. It wasn't a slam dunk decision, but it was much better than what we are getting now. In a landmark ruling, the Supreme Court today legalized abortions. In 1973, when Roe was decided, there also were shockwaves nationwide. The anti-abortion laws of 46 states were rendered unconstitutional. In most states, abortion was illegal. 
Four states, including New York, had only recently passed laws legalizing it. Thirteen others had started allowing it with restrictions. Those in the anti-abortion movement believing the court silenced their deeply held views mobilized immediately. Our task in overturning that Supreme Court decision is the most just, the most vital cause of our time. And have been marching and making their voices heard ever since. Life, yes, abortion, no. Disappointed by Republican judicial appointees and Republican presidents, the movement became more politically and legally strategic. I think there's been a concerted effort for years now by the conservative legal movement that we don't want any more surprises. No more David Souters. No more David Souters, no more Anthony Kennedys. We don't want justices where we're not sure where they're going to come out. We want a done deal on a lot of these big constitutional decisions. The justices that I'm going to appoint will be pro-life. They will have a conservative bent. In 2016, Donald Trump promised to give them what they wanted and delivered three solidly conservative judges to the Supreme Court. They were put on this court for a purpose, which was to overrule Roe and Casey. They are uh, delivering on that mandate, and frankly, they're not going to stop with abortion. And while Justice Alito's majority opinion insists that nothing in this court's decision should be understood to cast doubt on precedents that do not concern abortion, Justice Clarence Thomas's separate opinion, which none of the other conservatives joined, raises questions about that. When we look at cases like the right to obtain contraception, like the right to marry the partner of your choosing, maybe that's somebody of a different race, maybe that's somebody of the same sex. I would say the rationale of those cases is now in question. But of course, you know, in the Dobbs decision, the court says, well, wait, abortion is different because that involves a life. Do you buy that? I don't. Obviously, abortion is different than getting married. Obviously, abortion is different than using contraception. But in terms of the legal rationale and whether or not it gives room for the court to later overturn decisions like the decision saying marriage is a fundamental right, that there's the right to same-sex marriage, I think it leaves that room. Do you see any efforts, say, to ban contraception? I see not a single effort to do anything like that. Absolutely not. Erica Bakiaki, a socially conservative legal scholar, sees this Supreme Court decision as long overdue. I am gratified for a number of reasons. I Some of them reasons you might not expect. I call myself a pro-life feminist. Wait, are you saying that abortion rights is anti-woman, anti-feminist? Yes, that is in fact my claim. There's all sorts of ways in which scaling back um, dramatically on, um, you know, what we've seen as an abortion right in this country um, can really help us to not rely on abortion as a backstop. And I think that kind of reliance has not been good for women. We haven't she believes society should refocus on currently underfunded programs supporting women in terms of health care, better working conditions, and raising a family. Obviously, not all women want to become mothers, but those who do are really not doing well in this country. The angry abortion standoff, she says, has kept women from working together to find solutions. So you see this moment when the court is overturning Roe, overturning Casey, that this is a moment of hope and potential change in a positive way. 
Absolutely. Is there a way that people can then come together on right and left, maybe with different solutions to these problems, but at least can sit at a table together? Um, I mean, that's my hope. On this point, both sides agree there is hope. For Catherine Colbert, it's time for abortion rights advocates to get even more political. Our opponents have been working for 50 years to take over the Republican Party and to be anti-abortion voters. And we need to be pro-choice, uh, pro-abortion rights voters as well. And that means showing up at every election. There's two every year, not just once every four years. And lastly, and I think this is also equally important, we need to make some noise. The Supreme Court is illegitimate. Because like it or not, this conservative court is likely to be with us for a very long time. This court, if it stays together in a some sort of form that looks like this for a number of years, is going to usher in a conservative legal revolution. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The pandemic, inflation, the war in Ukraine. Who couldn't use a little time out? Here's Nancy Giles. Are you a high-class lady? I'm not, I don't know if I'm really a lady, but I talk a lot. If you'd like to know what kids these days think about money... Where do you think money comes from? The dollar store. I think it comes from the ground sometimes, like quarters. Love? Love is like a feeling that feels good inside of you, and it makes you kind of a little bit ticklish. I used to only pee like a drunk. Even peeing their pants. If you need to go, you need to go. If you don't need to go, you don't need to go. You gotta do what you gotta do. Julian Shapiro Barnum can tell you. Have people compared you to like a Mr. Rogers? I get a lot of Steve from Blue's Clues. I get it for the younger folks. From the Toluca Lakes. For some, this may bring you back to the days of Art Link Letters, Kids Say the Darndest Things. What would you do, Dana, if you were the president of the United States? I would call my mom and say, I made it. <laughs> Does being short hold you back? Not at all. These days, 22-year-old Julian... Small but mighty. You are. ...is spending most of his time with kids 2 to 8. Do you eat meat? Yeah, I'm a redhead. What? Hey, folks, I'm on vacation right now. Let's talk to some kids about it. <laughs> He's the host and creator of Recess Therapy, a viral YouTube and Instagram series. Not everybody gets to be on vacation, and I feel like I'm lucky to get to be here. 
The idea came to Julian while doing his senior year at Boston University from home. We'd always see the neighborhood kids like playing and having a lot of fun and they were also doing online school, but they didn't seem as miserable as we were. <laughs> so I was like, let's ask them how they stay happy. But it's not all fun and games. All of them are freaked out about like climate change and racism. If you were president of the United States, what would you do? Well, for one, I'd probably work on stopping like racism. I want to change climate. How so? Because I don't want the earth to get polluted. I see so many kids having had conversations about that already. Julian was raised in Brooklyn, which is also where he shoots most of the episodes. I'm always recording in the places that I played in as a kid, right. which is cool because I'm like, I know that swing. Aww. Like, I, I get the geography of it. So today we're interviewing... With a microphone and stickers... Yeah, do you want a sticker? He hits the farmer's market this busy Saturday with camera person Julia Ty Goldberg. That's pretty cool. Do you, like, look around and you see a particularly active kid and think, yeah. oh, that's the one, or do you just stop people at random? Julia and I, we always look for a kid who's like dressed fun. Oh my. That, you know, that's personality right, inside it. Right. But uh, we also look for kids who are talkative and, and you know, kids who look open. Mm -hmm. Do not be a hateful person. One open nice kid was Dash. And kind person that helps people. With parents Edison Bond and Nadine Valme looking on. Now, as parents, to hear him speaking so eloquently about these emotions, what's that like for you to hear Dash talk about things like that? I would say it's rewarding, you know, to, to know that the things that we are teaching him, uh, he uses it on a daily basis. All of us feel, and Julian starts the day with a topic in mind. So we're out here today to see if kids have any advice on dealing with hate. But is always ready to pivot. With more than a thousand interviews under his belt, He's got a pretty good sense of what kids want to talk about. Anything about animals? Okay, I love Komodo dragons. Why? Just because, like, I never see them. Please, please tell me what animal would you be? A skunk! <laughs> Recess Therapy has over a million followers around the world. So that's kind of like what hate looks like for her. Up until now, it's been mostly a local operation. But this summer, Julian plans to take recess therapy on the road because the lessons are universal. We can't change the past, but we can change the future. So you should love yourself as What can adults in general learn from kids? So much. I, I think empathy is a huge one. I think kids enter situations without that extra critical layer. If you're having a hard time, just talk with your friends and talk with your parents. And you can feel much better. They are still in the process of learning, and I think adults can try to be a little bit more in the process of learning. How do you recommend that we make people listen to each other and communicate better? I think that the differences actually is better because maybe you could learn from your differences. That's awesome. Thanks, Michael. Time for us to go sailing, sort of with Luke Burbank. The year was 1955, and the Wappen von Hamburg had just started its life, ferrying tourists from Hamburg, Germany, to the island of Helgoland in the North Sea. So how the heck did that ship end up here? Six decades later, 
on a river near Stockton, California, surrounded by blueberry fields. I was actually uh, surfing on Craigslist um, one day and this thing popped up and it kind of piqued my curiosity. Chris Wilson is the Wappen's current owner, although these days it's been rechristened Aurora. Do you remember what the ad said? Actually, it just said uh, classic cruise ship for sale. My intent wasn't even to get involved with this. Wilson, a former software developer, says initially he just wanted to shoot some video of the inside of the ship. My idea was to do a virtual tour of the ship, not, not, not to buy the ship. <laughs> but something about the boat intrigued Wilson, so much so that he ended up bailing it out of some legal trouble it was in, towing it to various locations, and eventually paying, he says, around $800,000 for it making him the owner of a piece of maritime history, and also a lot of trash. It was full of garbage. Every single room, household garbage, cups, cans, mattresses scattered all over the place. It was a disaster. It was about this time that Wilson sprang the news on his then new girlfriend, Jin Lee. Some of the doors are open, but I don't even dare to look inside because, you know, you see so much horror movie. You don't know what's going to be behind the door or what's in the room. I said, I don't know about this boat. I don't know what this guy's doing. Thanks God we were just dating. But together, slowly, painstakingly, they got to work restoring the ship. With some parts, like the lounge, looking good. We do things like movie night in there. It's just a comfortable place. And other parts looking, well, less good. Going up into the wheelhouse of the Aurora, which is pretty ugly. The wheel was looted out of here. You know, we have an idea of where some of these things are at, but getting them back is, I think, going to be kind of an impossible mission. Stripped to the bone and left to rot, Aurora is a survivor with a storied past. Credited as an inspiration behind the hit 70s TV show, The Love Boat, Aurora also made an appearance in a James Bond film. When you look at her, you see those curves, her superstructure, her bow, her stern. She's a beautiful creation, and she's so lucky to still be around. Every ship of her generation pretty much is gone. Peter Canego would know. He's an ocean liner enthusiast, maritime historian, and collector. He knew of the Aurora's history long before it showed up on that Craigslist ad. This was one of the Because he's got a particular passion for all things mid-century and nautical. Amazingly, Aurora is one of the only remaining mid-century ships still afloat. The rest either sunk or were turned into razor blades, literally. We shave with them canned green beans, cars are made out of them, rebar. They're, they're all recycled into uh, new forms of existence. So when they talk about turning it into razor blades, that's not just a figure of speech. No, <laughs> unfortunately, no. Then we'll actually start rebuilding. Thanks the to a mostly volunteer crew and now a popular YouTube channel. Wilson's hope is to turn the ship into a floating hotel or maybe even a museum. We are on the A deck. Anything that will keep it from going to the scrapyard. And thankfully, he's got Jin Lee, who, incidentally, he also met on Craigslist, along for the ride. Now I feel the boat is bringing a lot of people together. Brought me and Chris 
even tighter and brought a lot of interesting people, you know, the local people, the people from Facebook and social media. And I think there's more and more people going to say, well, maybe sometime a small guy has a big dream wasn't a bad idea. Back to this past week's Supreme Court action on Roe v. Wade. As we mentioned earlier, response to the ruling was vocal on both sides. For conservative Christians, the decision was a long time in coming. And I'm so freaking excited! Archbishop William E. Lorry is with the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. I think it is good news for uh, our nation. I think it is good news for the cause of life. There is, of course, the other side. Our commentary comes from Columbia Law School professor Carol Sanger. Life for women of reproductive age in the post-Roe era is about to be played under strict new rules. For the last 50 years, American women have been secure in the protections of Roe v. Wade, a name recognized around the world. Roe held that the constitutional right to privacy included a woman's right to choose abortion. That was a good moment. Women could shape their reproductive lives with regard to the timing of pregnancy, the number of children, or who they wanted to have children with. But those days are over. On Friday, in a case called Dobbs, the current court reversed Roe. What has been a common medical procedure is now, in various states around the country, a crime subject to surveillance and prosecution like other crimes. This brings new uncertainties. Can an abortion-banning state punish women who travel to a legal state for the procedure? Can a woman receive abortion pills through the mail? And who should be punished for violating abortion bans? Doctors, women themselves, or, as in Texas, anyone who helped at all. Dobbs also invites a new era of woman shaming. The stigma some women felt under Roe will be intensified. There is no longer the claim that they are simply exercising a protected right. Poor women particularly will confront the calamity of unwanted pregnancies with greater expenses, distances, and logistics. But here, poor women are not alone. All women now face the imminent removal of an established and cherished right, touching on the most intimate aspects of family life. In the over 230 years since the adoption of the Bill of Rights, American women have worked hard to expand our rights. Now, a big one that women have relied on for nearly 50 years has been taken away. I'm Lee Cowan. Thank you for listening, and please join us again next Sunday morning. If you like CBS Sunday Morning with Jane Polly, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey.